0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are super excited to have Lucia Sinatra back on our show again. She has been for two years fighting for... Uh, college mandate, vaccine mandates against them. She thinks it should be a personal decision and not a mandate. And she's going to update us on some litigation that's going on and some volunteer stuff that's going on. And where are some of the colleges at? A lot of them have dropped their mandates. Um, And if you're wondering, Sinatra, is there any relationship? She does have a short tail relationship to Frank Sinatra. So there's that. And Lucia, welcome to our show.
1: Hi, Janet. Hi, Sean. I'm so happy to, yeah, thanks for having me today.
0: Yes, I'm excited for you to give us an update. So go ahead and give us an update. I know before the show, you were saying there used to be thousands of schools mandating it. Now there's down to a couple hundred. So kind of give us an update about this process.
1: Okay, so um, in case somebody didn't see our first show, I'm just gonna briefly uh, um, explain who I am. Um, I am the co-founder of No College Mandates. Um, We started almost two years ago, specifically fighting COVID-19 vaccine mandates on college campuses, which are some of the most coercive the most oppressive of all COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Our students at university level have been brutalized since the spring of 2021. um, When college COVID-19 vaccine mandates were announced Um, and around that time uh, when they were announced sort of early spring, um, there were about a 1000 or more colleges um, that decided as soon as um, Biden had announced that that in in spring of 2021 that there would be enough COVID 19 vaccines for everybody that wanted one. As soon as colleges got that information, uh, they made the announcement that in order to be on campus for fall of 2021, they were going to mandate initial series COVID 19 vaccine. Uh, vaccines, and there were over 1,000 colleges at the time that did that. Um, all the full while knowing uh, we had been seeing signs as early as spring of 2021 that COVID-19 vaccine mandates did not prevent transmission, nor did they prevent um, getting sick getting getting sick from COVID-19. So the colleges were putting out these narratives saying. The best way to protect our community is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Many, many of them were shooting for 100% vaccination rates. So they did everything within their power to get students, faculty, staff, with whatever means they could to uptake these vaccines again at this point knowing full well um, that they didn't stop one from acquiring COVID-19 vaccine the vaccine uh, COVID-19 virus nor transmitting the virus to other community members Um, so uh, you know so they instilled a lot of fear Um, there was a lot of propaganda Um, There was a lot of coercion. I mean, some students were being paid on college campuses um, to take COVID-19 vaccines. There were influencers, there were commercial social media campaigns. Um, Kids were being locked out of classrooms. They were being discriminated against, called out by professors, called out by administrators. Some of them were forced to leave campus, disenroll, um, disrupt uh, their college education. Many of these students have not found their way back to colleges. Um, it was just a tremendous, tremendous mess. Um, so that's why we got started. Um, I found other like-minded parents um, and decided the first thing that I needed to do was to build a community of like-minded parents. The next thing I needed to do was save as many students as possible. So we secured religious and medical exemptions for those students. And then the next thing we needed to do was beat up the colleges in every way we could think possible to get them to drop these COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And that's come in a variety of forms. Um, we've helped facilitate um, lawsuits. We've helped um, uh, get, get bad press around these colleges. We've been on podcasts. We've been on national television. We've been in national um, newspapers. Um, basically just spreading the word um, about what these colleges are doing and how awful um, they've been to their student population. Um, So if we fast forward to today, um, we've had of those 1000 colleges, we have um, as far as no college mandates tracks. We believe there are only about 200 colleges left of the top colleges and universities in the United States that are still mandating COVID-19 vaccines.
0: It's hard to believe there's still two hundred. Yeah. All the, with all the data that has come out over the last you know year or plus year. Yeah. Um, you know, that the vaccines are not effective yeah. and they actually cause some side effects and actually can increase your risk of getting COVID. It's amazing that they that any of them are still mandating it. Janet, what kind of questions do you have? So I wanna just kind of skim off of give us some big names that are still out there doing this to their, their students.
1: So hopefully parents can kind of, yes, steer their children in a different path. Yes. And I'm going to segue into um, some of our most valuable resources that are posted on our website that list this out for parents. So there is, if there's one thing I leave your audience with today, it is visit our website and find these Excel spreadsheets that we've created that tell you which colleges mandate and which colleges do not mandate. And our most valuable, um, one of our most valuable spreadsheets, which is colleges that never mandated COVID-19 vaccines Mm. and there are over 500 colleges that never mandated COVID-19 vaccines. However, there are multiple qualifiers on that list. There are certain colleges on that list that would have mandated COVID-19 vaccines if they did not live in states that prevented them from doing so by executive order. For example, Baylor University in Texas was dreadful to its students. It, there was no mandate there because Governor Abbott has an executive order that says you cannot, if you're a public institution in Texas, mandate COVID-19 vaccines. However, they made it so miserable on these students if they did not comply that it was as if they did have a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. So Baylor is on our list because in, in um, if, we're, if we're going by facts, they never mandated COVID-19 vaccines. However, there are notes that say, Be very careful with Baylor because they put an incredible level of pressure on their students. Um, They ostracized them, discriminated against them, called them out, made them feel like lepers in their society for not uptaking vaccines. So you might be in the free state of Texas, but Baylor was not respecting that medical freedom, um, they were respecting it by law because they had to, but they were not respecting it in practice. Um, there are other universities like University of Virginia started out man uh, started out mandating COVID-19 vaccines until Governor Yunkin passed his executive order that said you can no longer do this. Well, let me tell you, they were not happy about it. They put up a really nasty letter on their homepage that said um, how much they disagreed um, with Governor Youngkin's executive order and that if it were up to them, they would have continued to mandate COVID-19 vaccines to protect their community. Um, That to me is not a college I would want my kid to entertain going to. So it's important that families know that on this list of 500 colleges, not every one of them is one that you want to send your kids to. We made the list so that um, it speaks truth to whether those colleges have mandates or never mandated. Um, But but it it isn't always a clear answer. Of this college never mandated vaccines, so therefore, um, I consider that they respect medical freedom, and and it's a place that um, you know my kids' choices would be respected at. There are over there are about twenty colleges on that list that are amongst my favorite, and um, they they don't take federal funding of any kind. These twenty colleges, and they're also noted on the list. So. They don't take NIH grants. They do not participate in federal student uh, loan programs. These colleges are 100% autonomous and independent to run their institutions as they see fit. Guess what? Never a vaccine mandate, never a mask mandate, never mandatory testing. It is unbelievable how free these colleges were. And my big push today um, with no college mandates is to elevate not only these 20 colleges, but some of the other colleges on that list of 500 that never mandated. Because to me, this is the future of higher education. These are the models that deserve to be replicated. These are the colleges that deserve to be supported and grown. So we've had many, many efforts over the past two years. And of those efforts are don't go to the colleges that won't respect medical freedom and informed consent. And by the way, if you're an alumni of a college, stop donating to your college immediately and find one of these free colleges and build them up with your donations and build them up with your support. Whatever that means, support is different for all of us. Whatever that means, whether it means you go to their events or you tell your grandchildren to go to these colleges, or you go to events on their, on their campus, or you send your alumni do- donation dollars there, whatever that means, tell everybody you know that these are the colleges to support. And these are the colleges that I hope will become the future of higher education in the United States. So sorry about the long answer, but to answer to come full circle and answer the beginning of your question. The only Ivy League still mandating COVID-19 vaccines is Harvard University. Every other Ivy League has dropped COVID-19 vaccines. Wellesley College, in, um, interestingly enough, also in Massachusetts. Massachusetts colleges were um, extremely, extremely debilitating um, through through the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Wellesley College, is their COVID-19 vaccine mandate is going absolutely nowhere. I spoke to the COVID task coordinator um, a few weeks ago and um you know, basically explained uh, that one of my jobs is also serving as a college counselor to students and families. And I reached out to her with an incredible level of concern. Um, and the brainwashing there, the virtue signaling, um, the message that she left me with is no community cares Uh, more than the the Wellesley College community. And we are lining up in droves to take vaccines. We are requesting additional vaccines as soon as they become available because we know that this is the best way to protect the community. And there is nobody that cares about the community like Wellesley College does.
0: Well, we know what college not to go to, right?
1: It's a tough one. I got off the fly. I I didn't know uh, whether to scream or cry.
0: Now, where's the best way – what's your website so our listeners and viewers can find this? And we're going to go ahead and try to stream it, Yahada, if we can. Um, What's the name of the website?
1: Yeah, so we're on nocollegemandates.com. And uh, right on the homepage is where you'll find those lists that I referenced. There are three separate lists. Um, and then you'll also find from tabs on that homepage resources for religious exemptions, resources for lawyers, um, and how to reach our community, how to become part of our community on Telegram, how to find us on other social media handles, and then how to reach us via email um, You know, to, to either uh, help us update the data we have or help us update our list. Or or just touch base with us and ask us how to connect to other members in your community or tell us your stories. Um, I'm always looking for uh, students, parents, grandparents um, who want to share these stories um, to write to me um, and share a story on our Substack. Um, I do a lot of the writing for our Substack, but I've always offered it as sort of a community effort. Um, we need to keep telling these stories. We need to make sure this never happens again. And the only way to not lose sight of what happened in the last three years is to keep telling these stories.
0: Yeah, stories are powerful. And let's go ahead and give a shout out to some of those schools that didn't do mandates and don't accept federal dollars um, or NIH grants and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to guess that one of them is Hillsdale, correct?
1: Hillsdale is uh, is top of the list, um, and, and everybody has heard of Hillsdale College. Um, there's another one called Grove City. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember that many more, but they're, they're all over the U.S. Some of them are religiously affiliated, um, as you would imagine. Um, but Grove City in Pennsylvania is another one that's been coming up a lot. Um, there's one in Virginia. Liberty College is another one. So those are the three off the top of my head um, that I'm thinking of. But they're very clearly marked on the list, um, and they offer some spectacular programming. Hillsdale College, for example, they have been so overrun by interest and applications in the last year, um, maybe even last year and a half, that they can't even keep up with the level of growth uh, that they're experiencing. Um, So there are other people that are building models off of the Hillsdale model. Um, So Jordan Peterson and his daughter are building an online university called Peterson Academy, and they're modeling it off the Hillsdale model. um, And that should be ready to launch in the next few months. I don't know a ton about it. I've only been reading about it um, and hearing them speak about it on podcasts. Um, But he sees the opportunity ripe to build a new model of higher education, um, and he has got the brain power and the strategy and the ideas to build it, and he's going all. Going Here's for it.
0: one thing I, I want to compare: healthcare to education. Both education and healthcare are highly government-regulated and highly government-controlled and highly government-subsidized. And that's a whole other story when we talk about why it's expensive and the service and quality sucks. Um, but here's one of the things as a college or healthcare institution, you look at, let's compare the healthcare institutions mandates, the vaccine mandates to the colleges, many healthcare institutions mandated vaccines. Um, and here's why they did because they take government money. We work with some doctors that don't take government money and their clinics never, ever had a mandate. Is they didn't have to. Right. Any time you take government money, right. there are strings attached, and this is living proof. And they use it to control yeah. you. So the best thing to do to free yeah. yourself from the system is don't take government money. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep, it's so true. And you know what's interesting, Sean? I should qualify something else because speaking of healthcare, um, this is a this is this has been really difficult to manage, and um, and we get a lot of parents and a lot of students that reach out to us desperate for help because anybody that enters college or graduate school with a healthcare major. All bets are off with COVID-19 vaccine mandates. So what I mean is you can be a college that never mandated COVID-19 vaccines for your, for your community, except when it comes to healthcare majors. So, um, colleges in Georgia, colleges in Alabama, um, colleges in Texas that aren't allowed to have COVID nineteen vaccine mandates, and and it's a lot of private colleges. It's it's really all across the board, um, but these colleges quite often have vaccine mandates if you're a healthcare major and you're going to have to go do clinical rotations in a hospital setting at some point. What these colleges are saying is this has nothing to do with the college; it has to do with the hospital system that will host your clinicals. Now. Different colleges have said different things. Hospital systems have said different things. The hospitals blame it on the colleges. The colleges blame it on all hospitals. It's all across the board. It's very university dependent. I urge every student and every parent to question heavily that university. Don't just rely on our lists, and we do qualify this on our lists. Um, don't just rely on our list, especially when it comes to any kind of healthcare. Um, you know, healthcare major um, because the rules could be totally different. Now we are hoping um, that even even though Biden announced an end to the CMS certified facility vaccine mandate, they have not scheduled the date for the end of that mandate. And we are hoping that when that is scheduled, all of these hospital systems and then healthcare major um, requirements as a result will all fall away. I, I just think it's gonna take se- much, much more time. I don't think that's gonna happen uh, very expeditiously. It could be several weeks, it could be several months um, before we see healthcare mandates um, and at the college level, the healthcare, uh, the healthcare major requirement. Um, well,
0: mandates. realize that some of these institutions, i.e., hospitals and healthcare institutions that that mandated vaccines for their employees, all for the safety of patients, they would say. Um, remember, sometimes um, they mandated employees that were remote workers to yep. get vaccinated, yeah. and they mandated yep. patients that did televisits to get to get vaccinated. Right. So don't tell me it's about safety. I mean, come on. It's not about safety for patients when people are staying at home already. Janet? That's right.
1: And they did the same with college students. Like healthcare workers, college student mandates were as oppressive and as debilitating, um, you know, in in sometimes more so, sometimes a little bit less so. But they did the same thing. If you are an online learner, um, heck, we just had last week... Um, a, a CSU, which is a California State University system, we call them CSUs, CSU Long Beach is still preventing kids from graduating if they don't have COVID-19 vaccine. These kids just missed one of the greatest milestones of their lives. Not only were they not allowed to sit on the field, they had to sit in the dugout, but they weren't allowed to walk up, get a diploma, and their names were not even called at the graduation ceremony as if they don't exist. Okay,
0: now we got to-
1: Right. We got to, we got
0: to talk about legal ramifications for that because that, that is clearly, clearly discrimination and that cannot be legal. So tell us how you are moving forward with litigation steps regarding some of these draconian measures.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing, Sean. So, um, you know, the, the first difficult hump is finding students who are willing to come forward and start lawsuits. And if they are embedded in their beloved college communities, these students do not want to be the outcast that becomes known as the student who is suing the college or the university, right? So we've got that roadblock. Um, and we've got some families that want to sue and students don't. And we've got some students that want to sue and the families don't. So that's our biggest hurdle. The other hurdle is Several lawsuits um, were filed um, in the last couple of years. The first one, I believe, being from Indiana University about the constitutionality of vaccine mandates and how they're discriminatory and they don't respect bodily autonomy. And that went all the way up to the Supreme Court and they refused to hear it. Um, and they rep- reprimanded it back down to lower court, which, you know, basically, um, you know, ratified its previous ruling, which was COVID-19 vaccine mandates are constitutional. We're in a crisis, we're in an emergency and this is, you know, this supersedes. Um, And there have been several lawsuits like that dismissed. So there's some dangerous precedent from a couple of years ago with these constitutionality discriminatory lawsuits that were filed and lost. Today is a different story. There is no more emergency. Um, They are still discriminating against students. They are still stripping students of of multiple, um, you know, rights to education, you know the CSUs are a public school right. system. Yes. Um, there, you know there there is um, you know a fundamental right to education, public education, and they're stripping of um, a fundamental um, right of passage um, to to the completion of that education. So I'd like to believe that there's something there. Um, we need students to come forward and to want to fight this. Um, there are students at the UC schools that have been injured that have contacted us and they'd like to pursue lawsuits um, because they'll never be, they'll never be Healthy the way they once were before these COVID nineteen. Um, they took these vaccines by force. A lot of student athletes um, are reaching out to us. They're still deciding. You know, hey, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? What's involved? You know, um, how much is it going to me to my community? So we get students and parents from public schools, private schools that reach out to us all the time, and we're still in the you know the the research phase with them, um, getting the facts of their case. Um, Um, seeing if they're really committed to going forward with a lawsuit. Um, There are professors that are suing uh, the University of California. I'm working with some of those attorneys um, and that's going to be a class action lawsuit. Um, And then there was, you know, there are students that have died from COVID-19 vaccines um, and then they are looking to pursue um, a lawsuit in federal court. And they're working on certain procedural requirements now before they file that federal lawsuit. Um, But yeah, and, and I do think you know, the more um, the more that people see. The more that we learn, the more that time goes on, the more that that other people exhibit bravery and start to come forward and speak about exactly what happened, um, exactly what was stripped away, exactly what went wrong in terms of adverse events. Um, I think that it inspires others to be brave and find their voice. So I think we're just really at the beginning of, at least I hope, of students, um, you know, coming forward, families coming forward to try to, um, you know, uh, go, you know, unravel everything that went wrong and to play their part in how we can prevent this from ever happening again. and we have to do that we have to do that in the courts um because the legislature is moving way too slow um and if you live in a blue state like i do there's you know there's there's no chance in hell we're ever going to get um a bill passed that says you can't mandate covid-19 vaccines in the state of california well
0: and i think i think it's kind of frustrating what's happening in the courts cuz it it just seems to be you know um political legal jargon stuff where you know the courts say yeah. the the courts don't want to deal with it um, I mean, the Supreme yeah. Court is a perfect example. I, I mean, I gotta think if the Supreme Court did hear a case, I mean, based on constitutionality, yeah. if they based on the Constitution, which is what they're supposed to do, and you know, they say centric and just black and white on that. I gotta think that it's unconstitutional, um, but they don't yeah. want to hear it because they don't want to deal with it because the courts have become political.
1: Yeah. Yeah yep we need fair judges uh we need to get in front of fair judges and um and we need you know we need a a, a truthful um, representative judicial system and it's it's that could take years um, to build as well um so yeah we're we're you know we're hoping um that some of these lawsuits will change venue change jurisdiction um get to areas where they might get uh, a more open-minded judge who will listen to the facts and listen and and look at some of the data um, I mean that's that's all we have yeah right?
0: that that that's right. Um, so tell us a little bit about what the future is. So, what is the future of college mandates of no college of no college okay.
1: mandates. Yeah, so the future of no college mandates is um, we are not a a 501c3, um, but we may be looking um, in the very near future to combine um, our organization and everything that we've built with other 501c3s that are doing similar and complementary work. Um, Because this will allow us to not only expand our network, it will allow our partner organization to expand their network with complementary efforts, but it will also allow us to start fundraising, to start to supporting some of these lawsuits and to start supporting some of these additional efforts um, that we see popping up, um, especially amongst the students. Um, There are an incredibly brave group of students at the University of Chicago. Um, They hosted a symposium on Friday, um, and No College Mandates was one of the sponsors of that symposium, and it was entitled Academia's COVID Failures. And they brought um, industry and academia leaders from all over the country to Come together and have roundtable discussions about exactly what went wrong in the last three years and why it went wrong and how we prevent it from ever happening again. And the beauty of this event is it was a one hundred percent student organized event. The students are they there are a group of students that are incredibly awake at the University of Chicago um, at a very liberal um, ed, you know higher educational institution um, and in a very liberal state and they started to. Speaking out three years ago. And the reason they started speaking out is because on campus they noticed a lot of hostility um, towards their opinions. If they spoke out um, against vaccine mandates, against masks, against testing, against the, the booster mandate. Um, They got threatened, discriminated against, ostracized in their communities. And they thought, wait a minute, you know, we're at a university that values free speech and freedom of thought, freedom of expression above all else. Yet they were finding that not only was that not being respected at their university, but the, the administration wasn't even coming to the defense of students who had alternative opinions, alternative questions, very valid questions, um, and very valid concerns. Um, The university was acting as if this wasn't happening, knowing full well um, that these students were getting threatened and discriminated against. Um, So they started their own school newspaper. It's called the Chicago Thinker. Um, They are an incredibly impressive group of young students. Um, Some of them have graduated and moved on, and there are some sophomores and freshmen that are carrying the torch and continuing um, the work of the Chicago thinker, and then also creating other free speech and freedom of thought groups and organizations, one of which hosted um, this symposium on Friday. So we were thrilled to be a sponsor of this event. We helped the students um, gather some financial um, uh, some financial funding for the symposium. We helped them get additional speakers. Um, we helped them get some additional live streaming opportunities. Um, it was wonderful. I was not able to attend the event, um, but I watched from afar. Um, and so in order to continue this level of work, um, we recently started um, collecting Donations, uh, donations through our Substack, and then donations through um, Give, Send, Go. Um, because we are not a 501c3, these are the only ways we can collect donations. And then we can redirect those resources um, towards funding our attendance at symposiums, our attendance at conferences, um, our um, getting, uh, getting students together with other students, um, getting students together with lawyers to pursue um, the idea of lawsuits. Um, so um, so in, in the last two years, we've never asked for a single penny. We've never collected a single donation. Um, we, we've been self-funded. I've mostly self-funded, no college mandates. Um, and at this point, it's gotten a little bit too big for me to keep up with the funding. So we're reaching out to the community and we're saying, listen, if you if you like the work that we're doing and you want us to continue doing this work, um, think about a contribution. No amount is too small. Um, and
0: we'd be grateful for the support. And that's on your website? We can find that on the No College Mandates website?
1: So yes, you can get to the Substack link um, from No College Mandates. Um, and the Substack link, if you're a new member, um, you, if you're already a member, you can upgrade to a, it's called a paid subscriber. Um, but all of our posts are free and they will always remain free because our information is too important to have it be held private for just those that subscribe to our Substack. So it's called a subscription, but really it's a donation. Um, and there are different levels you can donate on Substack. And and then you can also get to our Give, Send, Go um, from that Substack page. Our website is going to be updated this week. Um, and on the homepage of our website will be a link directly to the Give, Send, Go. Um, but if you go to Give, Send, Go and you search um, No College Mandates, Lucia Sinatra, my name, uh, you'll be able to pull up the campaign. You can also find it on Twitter um, from my Twitter handle. It's posted in my Twitter handle, which is at ncm forever um, and then my handle on um, truth social and getter is at free college kids
0: awesome well you just answered some of my questions I was going to ask I was going to ask how to get hold of you so you just did that so let's finish
1: and those are all accessible from the homepage awesome. so that was a lot to remember because we've had to come up with different handle names based on what volunteers are managing what social media um, but all of it is accessible from the homepage of our website if awesome. you forget so
0: so So as we wind this podcast up, what do you have a passion for? I think you made that relatively obvious over the last half hour, but tell us what you have a passion for.
1: You know, I, um, I've i never wavered um, for what I have a passion for, and that is for helping people and especially helping people um, that are unable to help themselves. Um, I've never I've never been a fearful person. I've never shied from conflict or confrontation, especially when I see injustices. Um, prior to no college mandates, I was a longtime public school advocate where I advocated for students in the public school district, one being my own, um, who did not receive the special special education services that he needed to access his learning. Um, When I realized students were being underserved in the public school sector, I realized they needed a voice and they needed an advocate. Um, And I joined together with some education lawyers and some other parents, and I became that voice and that advocate. Um, So no college mandates was a natural transition for me. I was happy to become the voice on behalf of college students who are afraid to speak out for themselves for fear of being canceled, discriminated against and ostracized in their communities and same with parents. So I'm happy to be the voice in the face uh, of no college mandates. Um, I would like to get more voices and more faces on this fight. Um, there are a lot of people that still need to, to, to remain anonymous. Um, and as long as I can get their manpower um, when I put out calls to action or we can get their support when we ask for donations. um, I'm okay with that too. We are a really big coalition of students, parents, faculty, staff, um, and I respect everybody's choice um, in whether they want to come out publicly or whether they want to remain anonymous. Um, As long as we have their their manpower in this fight, that's what's most important. Yeah, we got
0: to understand too that this is not, even if this one does go away, you know, because the, the you know it's not as big as it was two years ago with the um, the COVID mandates, but we got to be prepared for next time, and we got to make people pay for the damage they did over the last three years. The people have to be responsible and accountable to that.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Not only do we need to not forget the last three years and and get some level of justice um, for all that has been stripped away over the last three years from college students, but we need to make sure it never happens again. And it's not its not going to go away, um, Sean, it's not going to go away at all of these colleges. There are some that we feel are going to keep COVID-19 vaccines, uh, vaccine mandates um, on their immunization forms, that they're going to require them every year, even though the virus, um, the variants that those vaccines were built to target are long yeah, gone. I- they don't seem to want to reconcile that Science. I mean, they haven't wanted to reconcile any of the science um, that we've known for so many years. So, of course, they're not going to reconcile this either. Um, there are schools that are mandating flu vaccines as well, and they'll continue to mandate flu vaccines. And as you know, very soon, flu vaccines will become mRNA flu yeah. vaccines. So there's a chance this all comes roaring back. Um, these colleges have a, have, a, have a, you know, they are governed by a much higher body, our students are not their primary interest. No. They are business. They have made that very clear. They are there to make money. They are there to collect as much federal funding as they possibly can. And uh, and and, and in, in the in the Ivy Leagues, for example, the NIH grants that they get far surpass um, surpasses um, you know the tuition dollars that they get. So the master that they are serving. It is not even close to our students. We're lucky if we're second place. I think we're our students are much further, uh, much further down the line. I think they they serve a higher power and then they serve the fear of their faculty and staff and you know a whole bunch of other nefarious um, you know, sort of allegiances, and then the health and safety of our students.
0: Yeah, absolutely. one hundred percent, and we're going to continue this discussion. Uh, Thursday, uh, more more than just college mandates, but we're going to have Rebecca Hardy on. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Um, she's uh, going to be talking about tex- Texans for vaccine choice. Great, yes. So excited yes. to have her on, excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for educating us on this topic. And um, we'll have to have you on again when you know there might be some updates on some litigation going on. Because I'm hopeful that if courts actually can hear this, at least higher courts like the Supreme Court, if they can actually hear some of these things, it's it's clear that uh, people's constitutional rights were violated.
1: I could not agree more. If they just hear and they follow the facts and they take their preconceived and preconditioning completely off the table and just objectively look at what they're being asked to look at. Um, to me, it's it's a no brainer. And you just you got to hope and pray every day um, that you get those judges that are able um, you know, to practice that level of objectivity, because then I think we'll get somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Well, Lucia, thank you so much for being on our podcast today and educating us on how to take charge of our own health. So please, please keep fighting the fight. We thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you so much, listeners and viewers, for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Like I said earlier, tune in Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for uh, Rebecca Hardy on updating us on Texas for vaccine choice. Thank you for tuning in.